swatting the new way to kill black people? Could you date a virgin on this episode of Talking Greasy? This episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash greasy. There you'll have access to over 180,000 titles right from your smartphone. This is Al Sage Carcione and this is Talking Greasy. Enjoy yourself. My brothers and, and my ladies, yeah, uh, we gonna take it back to the days when daylight sold it by way of Marvin Gaye's TV drive or Crystal Bowl. We can lay back on the block from a CL and my D-Rock. SWV, I'm a big real, I'ma make you feel so good, yeah. What's up, you guys? My name is Kim. Hey, it's your boy Darnell. And this is another episode of Talking Greasy, and we have a very special guest. Please let us know who you are. Hi, my name is Ketchy Chibueza. I'm actually here for uh, a show. I'm in the Dallas Solo Festival right mm-hmm. now, and I have a show that's going to be performing three times this week called Perversion. And mm-hmm. so, yes, I would like for everyone in the Dallas area to come and check it out because it's going to be a good time. Where can they check that out at? Well, you can go to my website, perversion.com, P E. R V I R G I N, mm-hmm. or you can simply go to the Dallas Solo Fest.com mm-hmm. to get more ticket information about the days in which I'll be cool. performing. Yeah. Cool. So, in case y'all didn't catch that, that was Per Virgin. <laughs> so, let us know a little bit about Per Virgin and what people can expect when they see it. Okay. Well, basically, Per Virgin is like kind of like semi-autobiographical performance Mm -hmm. um, about a 34-year-old woman that's never been kissed. Mm -hmm. So it's based on me. And it's just, um, I created the show because I felt like there was never an appropriate moment to talk about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Because everyone who seems to have like a very active sex life they're always spreading their stuff <laughs> every place, wherever it's on a podcast, on a mm-hmm, TV show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the most part, I feel like there's a stigma on people that have not been sexually active. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that I was just going to make a space in which people can talk about it, have fun with it, and just get a good laugh about mm-hmm. what happens when you are that way. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we're going to get into get into that a lot more later. Let's get into some of these topics, and then we are going to get into the main part where we talk about the show and then dig a little bit into that. Okay. We do this thing called question of the week. And basically it's a question that we pose to the people who listen to our show um, and follow us on social media. And so we actually were talking about the Me Too movement because um, recently all of our grandfathers, (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Morgan Freeman, he's been in the interweb streets because... The people streets, I <laughs> yes. love that because <laughs> because um, there have been allegations that he has um, committed sexual misconduct with now a few different people, but there was one in particular that kind of went viral, and so we are. <laughs> the question we actually pose is not whether we think that he did it, but whether we think the Me Too movement targets black men, and the reason why it was this question is because Darnell has a theory. Um, and we had <laughs> we had a <laughs> we had a conversation on Insta- um, Instagram Live, and we had lots of comments. And so I wanted to get your feedback and kind of rehash the conversation that we had. Okay, fair enough. I would like to hear this theory first. Okay, well, my theory was I'm not saying that uh, some of these guys may or may not have done what they saying. It's just I feel like uh, it's more the black man is more highlighted. And, and and getting more punished versus the white counterparts. Yes, the white guys are getting punished, but it's behind doors. The, the sentences are way lighter, or they just flat out get away with it. And whenever well, and whenever, and one thing I noticed is whenever there's a, a crime or we need somebody to say, hey, uh, this movement needs to get started. They always use a black male face. To, to kind of martyr and energize the, the movement. And that's what I, where I was coming from. Oh, but I feel like with the meat, I do agree with the fact that when it comes to sexual misconduct, it seems like the punishments are definitely more swift when it comes to African-American mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. However, what triggered this Me Too movement wasn't, I don't think it was behind a black man Mm-mm. this time. It was definitely mm-hmm. behind the Harvey Weinstein situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the reason why it got so much traction is because it was a white women that were victimized and a lot of high profile white women that were victimized. Mm-hmm. So, but I do feel like there has been, I guess, some repercussions from it, mm-hmm. as in black men who have been targeted. I feel like the punishment has been more severe. Because, I mean, there's pedophiles that have been around Mm -hmm. the Hollywood industry for years and have been getting away with it forever. Like, for example, I forgot that guy's name. Uh, David Spacey. Woody Allen. Well, Woody Allen, first mm-hmm, of all, definitely. as soon as he married his own daughter, ill, he should yeah. have been able to work again. But no, there's another dude that ran, he went to another country. He went to Sweden. I forgot what his name is. Roman Polanski. Yes. Yeah. And he was with, snatching trophies while in another country. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, and, insane. And, st- and still hasn't been convicted. No. So. And he's getting upset. That he, wait, there was a. I think he actually might now that he's back. He's, I think he. Mm, didn't he just get back? I, no. No. He's still in Sweden? I mean, I would stay there. What's your motivation to come back? No, I think he wants to come back. I I saw some type of, um, some article where he was upset that he (coughs) can't come back to America without (laughs) living in peace. And I'm just like, I mean, what do you expect, though? Exactly. Not like he didn't do anything. Right. But, you know. Um, And I think I I pretty much took the same stance as you did when we were talking on Instagram Live. Um, This movement did not start with black men. Mm -hmm. Um. I will say that the Bill Cosby case, which is what a lot of black men tend to go back to, um, and is pretty much their only example. Um, Someone did say Nate Parker when we were having the Instagram live conversation. Um, However, if you read through the court 
documents which were released. Yeah. He basically did it. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't understand why people... I, th- I think what it is is when people see someone black being attacked in this way, whether he did something or didn't do something, I think people automatically take offense just because mm-hmm. it seems like the system is created to bring black people down a lot of times. And so when it comes to something that we know is a good chance that they they did it, but we have some sort of um, tie to that person, it's hard to separate the two. And I think that's a lot of people's uh, issues with, like, Bill Cosby, Nate Parker, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, he was making a movie that was supposed to be beneficial for black people. Oh, he was America's dad. You know, like... But it, he was diddling girls, so he exactly. used to go. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but let me ask you, uh, ladies, a question. Do you feel like uh, black men uh, overall... It's like it's more like it's very prevalent in our neighborhoods what uh black men you know doing stuff like this like okay this uh sexual abuse um i will say this um when i was growing up i was not exposed to it at all thank mm-hmm. god because you know my parents just had me on lockdown <laughs> so yeah. it didn't happen but as soon as i came to college every single black woman that I came across had mm-hmm. some kind of story of sexual assault mm-hmm. and it, I found it so shocking but right. it was it, I was like so does everyone get diddled is that the way it goes mm. and so just from my experience it seems like it's something that happens everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's my yeah well what I will say is um I don't know the statistics so I don't want to say that it's something that's very prevalent but what I will say is um, it seems that black culture is, um, in a in a lot of senses, in my experience, kind of masks or hides some of the things that we experience. Um, and there's this there's this um, sentiment that you're supposed to keep things kind of quiet if something is mm-hmm. happening, especially um, the family dynamics. A lot of times. In my experience, there are people who are in the family who people know there's something wrong and right. he's done something, but it's just, oh, you know, don't don't go over there messing with Uncle Blah Blah. Right. Or, you know, he's a little bit crazy. You know, it's, it's we're trying to make it seem or um, minimize something that could be a really serious issue that probably is something he should have gotten prosecuted for. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say that that's a, the, a very common experience, but I will say that I know a lot of people who can share that exact same sentiment. Yes, and I've also, I've just heard stories of people that have stepped up mm-hmm. and tried to say something, mm-hmm. and then ultimately they've been blamed for breaking apart the family, mm-hmm. Which is that's a trauma that's a traumatic thing to happen mm-hmm. to someone who's been sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. Yep. But like I said before, I don't know the statistics, partly because not everyone's being honest with yep. the inf- information. But Definitely. it's it's something to be aware of, and it's something that's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, my my last uh, thought on that is, I mean, again, I I agree with what you're saying, but it may it may have started with a, a white male. It may have been started because white women are tired of this happening to them mm-hmm. but at the end of the day uh a lot of crusades get started off of the black man and his sexuality like with uh marijuana and a few other drugs they were literally out loud and they used the premise hey they really wanted to stop 
weed and cocaine and all that so brown and uh, so other people wouldn't get rich and other type of laws like paper, housing, all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. They use uh, black men, once they smoke weed, they're going to get really sexual uh, and try to rape you. The thing with uh, Emmett Till, oh, you're whistling at a white woman. We don't know that. We, we know... We know women get uh, sexually abused and all that, but when it gets a black face to it, I feel like a certain energy comes in the room and a certain hostility gets multiplied times too. So now, even though we're coming after, you know, those, everybody, mm -hmm. I feel like the energy just gets that much more, uh, more uh, hardened and more angrier because even if black women do want to side with, these celebrities and all that, like you said, they experienced it. So they're split. They and they're gonna ride out with it because they've experienced that and they can identify with that. And white women uh, and uh, white males can uh, target us because it goes against it goes with what they already thought of some black males. Okay, well here's what I have to say about that. Mm -hmm. You gave some examples, Emmett Till, um, or mm -hmm. the example of. Laws being um, laws cracking down on marijuana and cocaine use because they were tied to black people and then over sexualizing them in response. But those are examples of people minding their own business. Yeah. If there's someone who has done something against somebody, I don't feel sorry for them for being targeted. Same. You should not have done it in the first place. So if you don't want any consequences, if you don't want to subject yourself to a harsher sentence than mm -hmm. someone else just because of the color of your skin, you don't have to be in that position if you don't do that. Now, I'm not saying there's no situations where people have been wrongfully accused of something that has happened since the beginning of time or got here in the first place. But what I will say is I'm not going to feel sorry for someone who's done something against someone else and possibly got a harsher sentence than what they should have, especially when it comes to like sexual assault and rape. Yeah. You should not have done that. I'm, I don't feel sorry for you. I don't like I feel like in those situations, especially with the Me Too movement, the goal should be that there is swift punishment for the guilty parties, regardless of skin color. Mm -hmm. I feel like the difference between when it happens to a black man and a difference between when it happens to a white man is that we can guarantee that most likely if the black man has done um, has had sexual assault with a white woman, mm. keep that in mind though, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that we are more likely to see them get reprimanded of for course. it as opposed to a white man doing it to white women or any woman at, for that matter. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like the focus should be but anyone who is committing sexual assault mm -hmm. get their punishment. That's what we should be working towards. Definitely. Yeah. But like, yeah. And I also feel like money plays another role in this. Yeah. Because we now see what's happening with Harvey Weinstein mm -hmm. um, and how he can buy his way out of punishment. And I feel like when it comes to some of these bigger entities, especially these, these um, white men in Hollywood who have tons and tons of like long money, you, they could do what they want and then buy themselves out of that situation a lot of times. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there is definitely a disparity when it comes to that because when it comes to black people who are in the same space, a good there's a good possibility they don't make the same amount of money as that person. So they're they they might have to stay you know do their their time. Um, 
hopefully we see some development. I don't think that he, this is over for Harvey Weinstein, but I, but if it is, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I, I'm very pessimistic on the situation, unfortunately. I am too. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the situation that happened with um, Morgan Freeman and the woman that was like, I have video proof. Yeah. <laughs> See, here's here's my thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't know in what context he said that, and I don't want to automatically dismiss it. Because there could have been conversation before that that made her feel like that was just like the catalyst. And, you know, maybe there were other things that were going on that made it seem like that was something when it maybe it wasn't anything. Um, I don't know. I don't want to pass judgment. I don't want to say that he did something based off of this and that he didn't do anything based off of that. That video, I, I'm, if I'm being real about the video, I didn't see anything wrong with what he said. Me neither. Um. Yeah, cre- creepy old guy. Yeah, but no bad, bad pickup line. You thought that was a pickup line? I didn't even see that as a that pickup way. line at all. I mean, I don't know what that was. Yeah, agree. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what unfolds with this. I have no expectations. I don't know. I guess I just want to see more facts before I pass any sort of judgment. Fair, but we all should. Also acknowledge that Morgan Freeman is creepy as hell, too. So. Mm. I don't know. I've never seen dated him do anything. What did he do? He dated his grand, like, well, it's his adopted granddaughter. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's nasty. Yeah. So, there we go. Mm. <laughs> so, I was already giving him the side eye. So, when I heard this, I was like, mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe it did happen. Who knows? <laughs> so. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Well, moving on. Okay, uh, right. <laughs> we are in that feed. So we have this section called In the Feed where we talk about something that's been circulating on social media. Um, and Darnell brought this video to my attention. Uh, do you know who Tariq Nasheed is? I do, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> we both don't like him. No. <laughs> If I haven't heard this, tell me what happened. Okay. Would you like to introduce this, Darnell? Sure, Kim. Okay. Um, Tariq Nasheed was at his L.A. home with his family. Then he received uh, received a call from 911 asking if he if everybody in the home was okay. Uh, soon after, the SWAT team showed up to his house with his wife and one-year-old child in the home, and they arrested him promptly, and, the, and they asked him questions if he was trying to kill or hurt his uh, child. Come to find out, uh, an unknown white supremacist uh, group uh, swatted, swatted his house. If you do not understand what swatting <laughs> is, swatting is when they get on your Wi-Fi, get your address, then uh, send an anonymous 911 call to the SWAT, and then they come to your home. And on the premises, he was handcuffed. There was no arrest, and even if they... Uh, we're gonna arrest him. Swatting has a very minimum charges. Very oh, it, minimum. It does. Oh yep. dear. Like if I call the SWAT to your house and they kill you and they arrest me, I don't even think that's a year. E- even if they kill somebody. Even. 
That's terrible. That's bullshit. That, that I feel like there needs to be definitely bigger repercussions for because that's waste of money and resources. First of all, mm-hmm. you're putting someone in danger. And while I don't like the man, <laughs> I mean, he does not. No, we're not doing that. We're not. I'm not gonna open <laughs> you know, that can. But I'm actually curious. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually curious to see if our I mean, reasons. My pet never mind. We'll make up. She's right. Let's skip it. No, because okay. I that will be a whole can of worms. And okay. I feel like we can debate for a long time about it. Okay. And I don't wanna. Okay. Agreed. <laughs> what were you going to say about uh, you don't like him, but? You don't like him, but. He what? does not need to be squatted. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's. Especially because that's involving his wife and kid. That's not fair to them. Mm-hmm. It's really Just because not. he's a douchebag. Okay. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. I should not have said that on the radio. No, it's cool. All right. I mean, um, women call me douchey all the time too. Okay. <laughs> oh. And you know what? You're, you're right. That's irrelevant. And I don't. I don't want to derail the fact that he that should not have happened to him. No. But I will say is a lot of times when people tout themselves as, as activists. Or they put themselves in the line of fire. Mm-hmm. I, sh- I shouldn't say it like that, but when you when you make it your mission to bring light to black issues and you, you discuss black issues at nauseum and you make documentaries about the different things that black people have been through and all these different things, then you kind of make yourself a target no, that, for... N- but he still doesn't deserve that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying he deserves it. Uh-huh. What I'm saying is... People who do who have the exact opposite agenda than him are going to automatically zero in on him versus the person who's kind of low key and in the cut and just posting something on Facebook every once in a while. And I think that's unfortunate because besides the things that I have an issue with when it comes to Tariq Nasheed, I feel like he genuinely does have a love for black people and is just trying to put information out there mm-hmm. um well, and and i think that people obviously hate that and i and i don't think that there's a value on keeping people like him safe um well as opposed to maybe other groups that are, are advocating for something i think that there's yeah. there's more of a or sense of urgency to keep them safe versus like what other groups do you think would take priority I, i'm just curious about the ones okay so if you think about when there are organizations and i i will say that there has there's been more presence when it comes to like black lives matter when they've protested or or had events there's been more of a police presence, but I but I will say that there has been a lot of incidents where there was no police presence, and it was open to a lot of people to come in and do whatever they wanted to do, and then all of a sudden, when there was some sort of altercation, then the police want to show up. Right. And so I think that he's a part of that. I don't know. I don't want to say he's a part of Black Lives Matter, but I I think that you can't really separate the people who were kind of at the forefront before Black Lives Matter from the idea that th- those people who are trying to fight for black people are not really taking us seriously. And as a matter of fact, a lot of times when people who um, take this stance, there's a chance that they can be put on an FBI list as black, what extremists? Mm-hmm. What is it called? Black something extremists? You're right. 
It's not something. It's black something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Just, Is it just black extremists, it. I think? Yes. Oh, I don't yes. think there's anything in between, right? Yes. I don't well, know. Well, the reason why I picked this story is is is, is um, I just want uh, to, you know, have a conversation with you because this is, this could be, as you notice, uh, we're, we're getting, uh, more black people are getting called the police on them. And now, mm-hmm. now they do this with gaming. So if your child ha- uh, is on Xbox or PlayStation, be careful of this. Yeah. Now they're uh, calling more SWAT teams on random people. Mm-hmm. So my uh, Tariq Nasheed is just the proxy, uh, the 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 testing it out because I really feel like this might be the new wave of you know a getting into people houses with no warrants and then b mm-hmm. another way to kill black people. I mean, that's without saying. I, I'm actually happy it did not turn out to be that because it could have easily been that based on the things that they were accusing Tariq Nasheed of. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's very, very unfortunate. And I have no faith. <laughs> to, I'm just preface this by saying that. But hopefully this will spark a bigger conversation and them cracking down on the punishment for swatting yeah because this is not the first time this has happened this is this has been happening for years since there was a capability to reach out to anyone in the world on Mm -hmm. your gaming device Mm -hmm. it has been happening yeah i i do feel like there needs to be more repercussions for sure definitely bigger fines Mm -hmm. uh at least that because nah. you're wasting so much money when you do that kind of stuff. No. Nah. You should go to jail. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Oh, I, yeah, I agree with you. You need to go to jail right, and Kim. pay some money. And pay some money. Mm-hmm. Jail and money. Okay. You know, that's true because that's a serious thing. Yeah. You put somebody's life in danger and you're wasting my tax dollars. Exactly. Just saying. SWAT, the SWAT team could be somewhere else. Yes, it can. Sure could. And with that being said, I think this is a good place to take a, a small break. And we will be right back on Talking Greasy. Bye. Need an escape while you're taking care of monotonous tasks? Get transported to the streets of South Central with my pick of the week, A Piece of Cake. In this memoir, Cupcake Brown recounts how she went from turning tricks for candy money at 12 years old to being a high-powered attorney. Follow her aimless travels as a hitchhiker, making her path and crystal meth business partners and temporary friends. Discover what Cupcake did to shed all the negativity from her past and discover her true passion. Sign up today for your free audiobook and 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash greasy. That's audibletrial.com slash G-R-E-A-S-Y. Let us know what you think. What's up, you guys? We are back, and we are with Catchy, and we talked a little bit about your show, uh, but I want to kind of get the the backstory as, as far as what made you decide that you wanted this to be a show. Okay. Um, basically, um, I moved to New Orleans about two years ago. Mm-hmm. And six months into moving into New Orleans, um, there is a really awesome comic actually in the Dallas area by the name of Byron Stamps. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had met doing a class at the Dallas Comedy House. And so we had keep, we kept in touch. And he randomly re- reached out to me 
and asked if I wanted to do one of his shows when I was back in town. Mm-hmm. And um, at the time, like, I was, like, you know, I had moved to a new city, and I was just like, it's a new city. I'm about to, you know, go out here and spread my wings mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and that wasn't happening. <laughs> and so <laughs> he was like, if you can do the show, this would be awesome. And the show was called The Truth in Comedy, mm-hmm. and you could check them out on Instagram and Facebook. But basically, the premise of the show was he chooses three people to tell a story about something they don't talk about often. Mm-hmm. Usually it's something traumatic. A lot of people talk about drug abuse, death in the family, something that really hurts them that mm-hmm. they would like to share. And straight after they talk about the set for approximately 10 minutes, a comedian comes behind them and does a set on what they've talked about. That's dope. It actually really is. And I really wish I would have told you, because he had a show yesterday and it was amazing. Mm. Um, but so he asked if I wanted to be one of the people that talks about something that I've never shared. And I was like, well, screw it. Let me talk about this situation of my, you know, my love life and stuff. Mm-hmm. And immediately I said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Woo. And then he asked me to write it, and I started writing. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. But um, eventually, I got everything written out. I was really scared of the reception I would get Mm -hmm. and the judgment. But when I did the show, first of all, um, like everyone seemed to love what I had said. And it was just so cathartic, in a sense. And the comedian after me did a fantastic job of doing a fantastic, funny set about what I had talked about. Mm-hmm. And then seeing how funny it could be, I was just like, that would be a fun one-woman show. Like, I would like to talk about this for an hour instead of 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so it took a few months for me to get to writing and get motivated. And I would have to say that being in New Orleans, being around a lot of artists who mm-hmm. are doing their own things, doing dope um, projects and stuff, it really motivated me to get my stuff going. Mm-hmm. And so finally I opened a show on Friday, last Friday, and it was it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I'm glad that I followed my instincts and decided to go ahead and do it because it was received so well, partly because it was just, it's something that no one really ever talks about mm-hmm. because people like us are usually silenced to be like, well, it's because you're ugly or it's because you're dorky enough, you're not socially aware you should be in the corner not mm-hmm. not you know talking about your experiences and stuff and so like i said before it's just been very cathartic very therapeutic and it's been a lot of fun too it's a show that it's just basically me having fun talking about my past and things that were embarrassing before is hilarious to other people now right <laughs> yeah so let's get into it uh-huh um, I feel like a lot of people assume that when someone is in their 30s and they're a virgin, Mm -hmm. that it's because of um, religious reasons. Why would you say that that's been your experience? I just think it's a combination of many things. Mm -hmm. Um, To be quite honest, if I was even atheist, I probably would be still in this situation. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm saying, I feel like it was definitely, once again, like, you know, I have, um, I had a strict Nigerian upbringing. Mm -hmm. So all throughout my life, like boys was not even an option Mm -hmm. growing up. Like my imagination of a relationship was after I got my PhD, that's when I can consider dating. Like that's, (laughs) no, that's just the, you know, the air that my parents kind of 
presented that environment. Mm -hmm. And then I just remember going to college and I was just like, yeah, when I get to college, I'm about to, I'm about to go, it's going to go down. I'm I'm knocking them down. I am doing. And then I realized, (laughs) well, I hadn't interacted with boys that much when I was in, you know, middle school and Mm -hmm. high school. And so it was just awkward interactions in college. And so and at the same time, I also have high expectations when it comes to relationships that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I've had, I don't, I've not had the opportunity to, I guess, put my stuff out there. It's just they've always been situations where I'm like, that's not a good idea. Yeah. I've seen what happened to other people when they've been in those situations and mm-hmm. it never turned out, turned out good. So why am I going to put myself in that position? And so that's why I've kind of now... I will say there's been definitely years where I've been kind of a hermit. Um, And then it's just like now it's just come to this point where it's just, well, I feel like I'm someone who is trying to graduate high school, but I never learned how to read. Mm. Because like everyone at my age, they're, you know, either been married they're married and divorced. They have high expectations of what they want when they're dating. I've had guys tell me, like, well, this is the way I like sex. So the first date we're going to do this. And I'm just like, no, that's not happening. Whoa. <laughs> and I'm like, just so you know, I'm not at that level yet. And, of course, because there's a thousand other women that are ready for that, they'll just mm-hmm. go to the people that um, that are willing to do what they want. So, yeah. Well, uh, with that being said, I mean, do you feel like since um – since you were you weren't that uh, or not at all sexually active, mm-hmm. was it easier for you to learn through other people's mistakes and kind of be like a, a step ahead? Oh, a hundred percent. Because you you don't know you don't understand, especially when it was in college. So many girls would cry about these boy situations. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I'm so glad I'm not in your <laughs> shoes, you know. And um, I, I feel like that also it was um, a an advantage and also a little bit of a curse Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm also very um, um, scared to step into situations because I'm thinking about all the bad things that happen to other people. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's hard for me to take risks in Mm -hmm. that, in that point. So, yeah. Okay. Um, I feel like this, we are living in a very hypersexual society. We sure are. Um, And I want to get an idea about what it's like, being you because for me I feel like there was a certain point where I felt kind of desensitized to sex because it's, it's it's everywhere I've had it mm-hmm. sometimes it was great most of the time it wasn't <laughs> and so <laughs> and so I don't I don't know what it would be like it would be like me at my 18 year old self ex- seeing all of this and I and I think there was a lot of unknown for me, but mostly a lot of, um, it got on my nerves. Like, it was very annoying. <laughs> it was very annoying that every everything seems so sexual. So what is it like being you and witnessing the way culture is right now? I mean, oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, sometimes you, I guess, second guess yourself because you list, you wonder, well, everyone seems to be having such an easy time going in and, you know, having these sexual experiences with mm-hmm. people that it, you look at them, you're just like, this is probably not a good idea to go that way. Mm-hmm. But people are so easily ready to be like, yep, let's do this. And I wonder, like, what in their minds has them, like, so free? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if it's just me being inhibited or if 
I'm the smart one. I just, I, I'm just like, is it because I'm a total idiot or I'm a total genius? That's basically my my thoughts process at that point. And well, huh? Well, you know what? That brings up a good point because now, if you take sex out of most relationships, there's gonna be a whole lot of logical thinking because you're left with nothing but who this person is. And sometimes when we add sex into the equation, it, it you know it adds a certain type of connection because yeah. I've been in long term relationships and really it was hard to turn myself off from this person and to kind of mm-hmm. you know detach myself and you know it was sad. But at the same time, uh, I mean I've I've dated. I dated one girl who, where we, we didn't have sex for majority of the time where we were talking. Mm-hmm. But because she's like, hey, let's not me- mess up the relationship with sex. But then she's over here fucking this other dude. So, <laughs> so, so I think that was for a different reason. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, I, but yeah. I want to interject with that. Yeah. yeah thanks, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the at the end of the day, I mean, sex is a big part of relationships, and most people define what relationship is based on how good you can do that, and that is that is a thing because sexual compatibility is a thing. Mm-hmm. And at the yes. but at the end of the day, if we if we take it away, I, to be honest, I'm just being honest as, as a man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what what how to base my relationship off of. I could do it off your personality and all the other stuff you know the, the things that we're supposed to uh, go for but then if you have all that but you don't get me sexually I feel I feel like a little piece is missing just a little piece of it mm. and that that could slowly grow into some other things um I I and I feel like you feel that way because I mean I'm assuming sex has been a part of your life for a long time now because, like, do you feel like you felt that way when you were a virgin? Well, when when I was a virgin, the only reason, uh, matter of fact, it was the person who I was with the longest. Uh, the only reason I lost my virginity because I thought, you know, especially how long we was being together, that marriage was right around the corner. Okay. And around that, that six, seven year, the, it, it was time. But, you know, she already put in seven years. She was already she ready. She, she was already ready to be done with it. Uh-huh. Plus some other stuff. So at the end of the day, <laughs> I, it was like, okay, I, the only reason I ever wanted to have sex was because, uh, you know, I thought that was going to be my wife. And even with the other sexual interactions, like, I never was the guy to just hit a girl, just have sex with a girl just because I want to have sex with a girl. Like, I really felt something for somebody because, I mean. So basically I, you had that connection without mm-hmm. that sexual contact. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, you know, that, that helps seal the deal, too, because if you're not getting me off, eventually, and you want to be the only person there, mm-hmm. sooner or later, that's going to be an issue. Sooner or later. Well, okay. see, I think I think what it is is I think men put sex on a much higher pedestal than women do. Mm-hmm. Um, because. I mean, of course. There have been, let me tell you, there's been a few relationships I've been, relationship I, relationships that I've been in. Where the sex was very subpar, but <laughs> but I stayed because I had a connection with that person, not anything to do with the sex. Because if that was the case, I would have been gone a long time ago. Um, <laughs> um, and and so I think that the issue lies um, in the fact that men prioritize sex over connection sometimes. Yeah. 
because you can have everything else. Mm-hmm. But then if the if if the sex is not there or there's no sexual compatibility, it's like, well, I got to get rid of her and find somebody else. Right. Well, I mean, well, now I can't speak for all men, but when we uh, talk about uh, it's easier for a woman to say that because women are always bombarded with with sex. The minute, for y'all. <laughs> I mean, I mean, true. But the thing is, women always had the option. Like you said, whenever you want to get rid of virginity, boom. That it, it'll be gone. Yeah, that's guy, true. As a guy, that's that's not a, that's not up to you. That's I, and I also feel that's a myth because it, I feel like you that's, Harvard. Oh, <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, so why? I mean, why would that assumption be? Because I'm just seeing all mm-hmm. every single dude that I know. Yeah. They have so many options, mm. so many, and you guys just don't acknowledge it because you're waiting for, I guess that who's the hot girl right now? Who who is it? Um, Rihanna. Yes, they're waiting for their Rihanna, mm-hmm. so they're just like, we don't have the choice. Mm-hmm. You, no. <laughs> yes. No. I mean, okay. Let's say hypothetically, um, let's say a possibility of twenty women. I mean, not all twenty women want us. Not all twenty women are good for us. Not all. 20 women are emotionally, mentally, financially, or what? Because I'm getting closer to 30, and you're already 30. People come with baggage. And mm-hmm. and that's just, it's just different. Because even though we do have more choices than y'all, believe me, it's not as many as you think. Because, like I said, like no, I said, but like you I do said, have choices. That's what I'm saying. That you were just saying that you guys don't have the choice when it comes to mm-hmm. sex. You do have the choice. No, you it's don't. just that you ignore them and you just eliminated them by yep. saying it's about financial. Da 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 da. I mean, so I'm, you do have those choices, I just mean, like we do. And no, I feel like that no, myth needs I, to be put to bed. Okay, today the myth. <laughs> no, the myth. I'll, the myth I'll agree with you is. That uh, men have more choices than women. That's that's true. Can't argue that. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, even though we do have more choices than you, believe me, once we get down to the nitty gritty or something constant or even just something flingy, them choices fall apart. Quick, you know, like quicksand. <laughs> I, I gotta. Okay, you know what it is. I yes. feel like. Who and people are gonna probably get real mad at me for saying this, but I feel oh, that never happens here. <laughs> but I feel like we're in a society, we're in this hyposexual society, and I also feel like this hyposexual society is a little unnatural. Boys have this expectations okay. of oh, well, women should want to sleep in me on the first night when that is not even like science. Yeah. But you know that if you have too much sex, you're gonna die because you're gonna get some <laughs> kind of disease that's gonna knock you out. <laughs> and then everyone has to take so many medications and use so many tools and things in order to protect themselves from being so when they're sexually free. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, on, automatically, it's something that is not natural because we use science all the time to make it so that we can have more sex. Mm-hmm. So clearly, like, first of all, that's one thing that I find frustrating because everyone's like, well, why can't people... Um, like, why can't I have all these women sleep with me the first time I say hello to them? Mm-hmm. Because it's not natural. Like, you gotta, like, women need to protect themselves. And, Definitely. Uh, and bo- boys need to protect themselves, too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the reason why you're not getting what you want mm-hmm. is because, like, it's cute that you want to have all these flings and stuff like that. But women, well, no, let me not do that. I just know for me personally, what I would like is a teammate, someone that I can grow with. When it comes to just life and sexually, um, that's what I want. Mm. And the thing is, I'm not going to get that by sleeping with you on the first date. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. 
And it could happen, but for the most part, it probably is going to be like a hit and quit it. So, so hypothetically, uh would you uh, would you want to date another virgin? Oh yeah, sure. But do you think that would be like a perfect match, or do you think it'll be two people trying to? Uh, two blind, uh, two blind people trying to find their way. Okay, or? I feel like that's a because there's two virgins get together all the time, mm-hmm. and then you figure it out. Everyone figures it out, mm-hmm. so you'd be fine. And, and if if it was a virgin, I'd be fine. Okay. Yeah. So one thing I'm I'm kind of interested in is is from what I gather from you is that you are trying to be a, make, a, make the best decision that you can for you. Right. Um, by looking at what everyone else has been through and, and trying not to make those same decisions, which is, I commend you so much because I've been through so much hurt and I know a lot of other women have been through so much hurt because we didn't do that. But here's the thing. You know what's the ironic thing? I've been through a lot of hurt also. And it's kind of like sometimes I'm just like it's sadder because I didn't have any physical connection with these Mm. people that I've been through Mm -hmm. so much hurt with, which is kind of ironic. Mm. And so that's another reason why I'm so cautious because I know that my feelings get deep without even touching. So let her know if I can any kind of connection whatsoever. Mm. I'm kind of scared of the kind of woman I become if it doesn't work out my way. Mm. So I'm just trying to help the fellas out by just (laughs) keeping myself to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing that I'm kind of interested in is we talked a little bit about the the culture and how it's very hypersexual Mm -hmm. um, and how there is kind of this preconceived notion that that men feel like they have they're entitled to have sex with you. And I think a part of that is because they they pay for the date and the, you know all this different mm-hmm. stuff and they feel like right. they want to return on their investment as someone disgustingly said to me oh, <laughs> one of my male friends said this um goodness yeah gross <laughs> um so i kind of want to know what you feel about this i kind of feel like boys are bred to be like sex machines and this sounds really weird but follow me so i feel like from jump like when boys are younger it's like, ooh, he's going to be a heartbreaker. Ooh, you know. And then as he gets older and, you know, they start getting interested in girls or whatever, it's like, oh, um, are you being a lady killer out there? Blah, blah, blah. Like, if the language around boys is that of them being bred to have sex with a bunch of women. Right. And then once they get of age to have sex or whatever, once they get to be a, a teenager or whatever, then it's just like, if there's a, a dad around, it's not so much a conversation about being with with girls that are going to fulfill him. It's more about, oh, getting the notches on his belt. Well, girls are not, are they are locked in a box. Like, <laughs> the exact opposite. You know what? I think it's changing now. Because, like, there's the, I feel like the rhetoric now is... Oh, we need to be like the men. We should be experimenting. We mm-hmm. should be free. And I feel this is my personal opinion. I feel some women may be lying to themselves and saying, "Well, I, I, I'm down for this. I'm down." But mm-hmm. ultimately, like their feelings get caught up. That's just my personal opinion. But I do agree with the fact that men are definitely bred to be. Like, the expectation is they're supposed to sleep around mm-hmm. before they even consider settling down. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone was to settle, settle down with the first woman they've met, 
It's like, come on, man. You mm-hmm. need to spread your wild oats. That mm-hmm. has to happen. Mm-hmm. You uh, need to know what you like. Mm-hmm. I will say that I don't see what's wrong. I mean, I understand that some people may not be sexually compatible, but I, I don't understand. Like, I just, I guess my question is, is there a possibility that you guys can grow to be sexually compatible? Or, like, if I mean, you, and if yours is a one and done, if it doesn't work the first time, then you need to be out of there. Oh, well, that's uh, not, it, it depends on what the problem is. Like, um, I'm curious about the problems. Like, I want to know. Like, if, uh, <laughs> like, if it's a size issue, like, if you're a woman and you have a certain frame or a certain you know, vagina. It it, ta- it takes it takes a certain, a, a certain amount of penis. Like I know some girls who say, "Listen, I can't do nothing smaller than seven inch penis because I need it because I'm used to having more mm-hmm. than seven inch penis," and and that's where they come from. Mm-hmm. And I've heard other women say, "Listen." You have what I need, but you don't know what you're doing. And I think you can learn to do. You learn. No, yeah, yeah, but but you can fix technique. You can't fix the factory uh, shipped <laughs> in. Uh, if you order the Maserati, you get the Maserati. You're not. If you order a stretch limo, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a stretch if limo. You get a Fiat. Hey, I don't care how many. Listen, exactly. And all them cars are different, are different sizes, do different things, and come with different techniques. And you Mm -hmm. have to, and and you can only fix that so much. Okay, okay, I gotta. Okay. Let me just tell you something real quick. Mm-hmm. Sure. So that you're comparing, you know, you know, junks to cars. Mm-hmm. I think about the time I had a Toyota Highlander, mm-hmm. and you know, because you know I'm a big lady, mm-hmm. I want a big car, and it was fantastic. I loved my Toyota Highlander. Unfortunately, it got totaled the first like three months I moved to New Orleans. Because mm-hmm. just another thing, just don't get married to your cards when you're in New Orleans because they're going to go. Oh. Everyone's car has been totaled at least once. Oh, my god! My car got, like, someone, a drunk driver just hit my car um, in the middle of the night when it was parked. Mm. But anyway, never, nevertheless, my sister, because she's such a wonderful lady, she gave me a Toyota Corolla. And at first, I was just like, oh, my God, it's so small. But you know what? I got used to it. I'm happy with it. It's dependable. It's reliable. Mm. It does what I need. And I'm fine. You know what? You know what? That's actually. You're amazing. I can, no, 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 no. <laughs> she has something here. Because yeah. there was a guy. And I'm. <laughs> there was a guy that I dated. And he had a Fiat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Just being real. Okay. <laughs> but because the connection was so great, mm-hmm. it it I guess intensified the sex for the both of us. Well me. I don't know about for him. I think he always was fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I think that for me, because the connection was there, it made everything better. And I think that he was trying some new things out and some worked and some didn't, but after a while it was good. Um, so you have a point. I don't think that just because someone and Darnell thinks I'm lying when I say this, but I don't think that just because a guy does not have a stretch limo, mm-hmm. that does not mean that he cannot satisfy somebody. I think that that's that's a myth in my that's, opinion. And but it's a myth that's been placed on like for years. Mm-hmm. Like 
the one thing I was talking about on the Black Girl Giggles podcast last week is sort of talking about someone who had a really small penis. Mm-hmm. And everyone went in. They're like, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to throw it away. And I'm just like. Oh, shit. <laughs> but it was like, that's literally like penis shaming. Like, why are you mm-hmm. doing that? Like, yeah. that is something they were born with. And so you're going to throw away a connection just because right. they were born with a part that you may not agree with all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you could work with it, and he can do some things to make you happy. Mm-hmm. But you're going to throw away that connection and someone that you think is great just because yeah. he, his size. And size, and you can always tell, this sounds terrible, but you can always tell when a guy has a big penis. Because, mm-hmm. first of all, they're very, they're, first of all, they're really quick to pull it out and show you. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> and secondly, they have, like, this air of, like, entitlement because they're just mm-hmm. like well this is something that you think this is something you need like yeah. and this is something you want and I, I really feel like people need to stop focusing so much on penis size that's my personal opinion mm-hmm. wow the more you talk the more I really feel like you are a virgin like I really like everything you've said up to this point you're adorable like okay. you're, you're legit. Wow. Like See, I legit. Like I believe. Diminishing I, everything I'm saying right now. By no, saying I'm, I'm not. Adorable. Yeah. I'm not. Okay. But I'm anyway. Not. Oh, let, let me stop. We don't no, want, it's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. But continue. like I was saying, like I really, I you really proved what everything uh, that you've been saying. Like I really feel like you do have a lot of experience and you have a lot of know how. It's just a little. If you had like a little bit of experience, I feel like it would change a, a little bit. But at the end of the, but I agree with that. If like that, it, you, any kind of experience is gonna change you. Yeah. But you still have your thoughts and your mindset before. And it, anyway, like I personally would want to stay with someone, even if they're not as equipped. If they're gonna mm-hmm. treat me like royalty, mm-hmm. they're gonna be faithful to me. I'm a. I, that's all I need. I need a teammate. Mm-hmm. I don't need. So oh, you got you got a big dick. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Good for you. But if you're gonna treat me like crap, that doesn't mean anything to me. Exactly. For me personally, yeah. So, and and to be honest, I we've actually agreed on a lot of things, and I'm I'm definitely not a virgin. (laughs) Well, I guess. Well, I guess I'm wrong again, guys. (laughs) (laughs) No one said you're wrong. Everyone has their own opinion. Right. Right. Yeah. So I want to close it out by you giving us. Letting us know again where we can um, get some tickets to go to the show, and kind of giving us an idea of what we can expect from the from the show in general. And you know what? And uh, you know, thank you for being so honest. I yeah, really definitely appreciate it because you know, again, never a problem. Because <laughs> um, you know, it it might be tough to talk about these things and. Uh, kind of bring it out to light so I, I just wanted to say thank oh, you oh not a problem it's getting easier and easier as I like progress and I, I just hope it's easier for other people just because like being in this I just feel like people should be honest with their lives and live in their truth mm-hmm. and so long as their truth is not harming anybody it should not you should not feel shamed about it and you right. should not be shamed and silenced why but, do you think there's a stigma around being a virgin I don't no, I think it's because people assume that you don't have as much experience mm-hmm. as, um, which is kind of, I don't know. I don't know why it's so, I guess because I'm assuming sex is really fun. And so everyone <laughs> assumes that everyone should be doing it because it's, it's not so all much it's cracked fun. up to be. And that's what everyone says. So I don't know why <laughs> everyone is so ready to jump into it if like it isn't. Oh, well, that's, well, that's easy. Uh, we use uh, 
sex as uh, you know if we're depressed or if mm, that's or if we we're going through a lot and we need our self esteem boosted. If mm. if if let's say me, hypothetically me and you break up and I I can't be with you anymore, but I can we can still keep doing it. That lets me keep somewhat of a connection with you. And sometimes sex, it, besides what being me up. besides <laughs> besides okay. being being fun or being uh, you know fulfilling, it's really can be used as almost drug like. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Which is kind of crazy uh, to even uh, compare the two. But uh, then my my question is then why is it such a stigma to not be indulging in this oh, quote true. unquote oh. Ju- drug? Oh mm-hmm. well, well, that's uh, very simple because everybody, um, male or female, there's this expectation of you uh, holding this certain level of uh, sexual experience that most people nowadays we're not gonna some but not all are not gonna wait for a, a nice uh, woman like yourself to get to her sexual level where we're compatible or we may not you know f- fully see your value because it didn't come in a mm-hmm. the the package yeah. deal yeah and, but i now that you say like why there's such a stigma i i, I think i figured it out mm-hmm. i mean part of um being considered a full woman is the ability to gain the attention of men mm-hmm. and if you are not having sex or, you know, having boyfriends and stuff, the stigma is, well, you're not fully a woman because yeah. you don't have the ability to attract a man that would want to do that with you. Yeah. So that's why that stigma is around. Yeah, I think definitely for women, I think um, we are, our value to society and yes. to men is our sexuality. Yep. So when you when you take that away, mm-hmm. um, it forces people to actually value you as a person mm-hmm. and I don't think that that is people's default a lot of times yeah fair mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's good mm-hmm. okay we figured that out everybody <laughs> yay teamwork <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work everyone All right. um, but oh go ahead oh I was just gonna say so where can uh, where can we find the uh, tickets for the show and give us some um, insight on what we can expect okay so um, y- you can find tickets at dallassolofest.com mm-hmm um, and you will actually get access to all six shows that will be there. Cool. All of them are pretty amazing shows. Mm-hmm. So first check mine out and then <laughs> go ahead and check out the others because they, they seem like this, they're going to be some heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even go to my website, perversion.com, mm-hmm. or you can follow me on um, at Happy Black Chick Everything. So mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, that's where you can find me. You can find information for tickets there. Um, but when you get to the show, it's just me. I don't. I don't want to give anything away. Well, oh, you don't, don't have to. But it's. it's I, I'm just gonna say this. Guaranteed. It's guaranteed. Lots of fun. Mm-hmm. And there is actually going to be a kissing game in there. So you okay. want to stay tuned for that. Okay. And um, just know it's just gonna be a lot of fun and a lot of laughter, and maybe a tiny bit of crying. Not that much. Okay. Just a tiny bit. But for the most part, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Great. Well, yeah. I am so glad that you came. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, Before what were we gonna we, say? Can I can I plug one more one more group? Oh yeah. Okay, because I, I belong to a comedy collective called Black Girl Giggles yes. in New Orleans, and we are comedians, black female comedians, all in New Orleans. We pr- we produce shows every single month, mm-hmm. which feature African American women comics. I love it. And not that I'm being biased or anything, Amazing. but we are definitely the funniest show in town. Many people say that, right. and I am proud to say, yes, it's very true. But <laughs> but also, we are having our comedy festival July the 5th through the 8th. Very excited about okay. that. And we are going to be featuring a lot of um, comics from across the country. Mm-hmm. Like, it's been fun because we've been connected with a lot of African-American women who are in comedy scenes, and usually the comedy scenes are like, it's white male. Yeah. And sometimes you feel a little left out. Yeah. But like when us black female comedians join together, we make a super team. I love it. And it's called Black Girl Giggles. <laughs> like, I love it. But you can find us anywhere, everywhere. You have blackgirlgiggles.com for more information about the festival and the schedule. Mm-hmm. You can go to our Facebook, Black Girl Giggles. You can go to our Instagram, once again, Black Girl Giggles. Mm-hmm. Twitter is Black Girl Giggle. No S. Okay. Because there wasn't enough room. But <laughs> but just check us out. Um, we're all over the place. We're in this place. And we also have a podcast. So check that yes. out also. Just find it on po- um, Apple Podcasts. Yes. I, I, iTunes. Black or Giggles. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you can find us, the show, at Talking Greasy on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I am at Diggs on Twitter. At Whitney Scrooston on Instagram and at Okra-Winfrey on Snapchat. <laughs> McKim, aren't you a writer? Yes, I am a writer. I'm also a graphic designer. If you need either of those services, please send me an email at info at or follow me at ContentlyU on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's your boy Darnell, Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter. Darnell does it. Also, if you would like to be a guest on the show or you would like to leave your opinion on anything we said, hit us up at 469-454-8231. And also, if you'd like to sponsor the show or any or anything else, hit us up at TalkingGreasy at gmail.com. And it ain't easy, Talking Greasy. Oh, it's very easy talking greasy right now. I'm playing. Hop up the stool, jump in the coop. Hit the bar on top of the roof. Flexing on bitches as hard as I can. Eating halal, driving a lamb. So that bitch, I'm sorry though. Got my coins like Mario. Yeah, they call me Cardi B. I run this shit like cardio. I'm in district in the jack. Drop the top and blow the brand. Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name?